Welcome. And thank you for joining the Father's Vineyard podcast. We are located at 724 Oakland Road in Spindale, North Carolina, and invite you to join us. We are a church that loves God, loves people, and makes a difference. And now, let's join today's service. Amen. Thank you, guys. And it's good to see new ministries beginning to pop up and uh, be managed uh, by these wonderful people, all of our directors. If you're a director of a ministry, I want you to stand. If you are a director of a ministry here, I want you to stand. Amen. Now, let me, uh, it's good to have leaders like that because they're part of the lay ministry here and we just want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to do what it is that God sent them here to do. We don't want to try to hold anybody back. We want to push them out there and get them started. But I do want to clear up one thing. Dwayne, don't come in here Saturday morning clean shaven. Don't, don't do it. That's not what he meant. He, he, he didn't mean everybody's got to shave before you come down there. He just means you got to look good even if you have a beard. So I know Seth... That means you too, Will. I mean, Will, I don't, don't get rid of those beards. Y'all look good in them. I tried to grow a beard when, uh, I mean, well, I was, what, in my 20s? In my 20s, yeah. And I said, I think I'm going to grow a beard. And probably after about, I don't know, two months, Brenda came and said, listen, <laughs> you need to get rid of the beard. And I said, why? She said, you look like Abraham Lincoln. And I went and looked at his picture. I couldn't get to that razor fast enough. <laughs> no, yeah, you know. But uh, I, I, I had a mustache. had a mustache most, most, of my, most of my adult life. And, and I just had a hankering to shave it. And she said, I don't want you to shave your mustache. So I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. So I really wanted to, I really wanted to see what I looked like without it. Because it had been a long time since I didn't have one. So I walked in one day and... I said, Brenda, she said, yeah, you like me better with a mustache or without? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know it was cruel, wasn't it? It was just cruel. <laughs> oh, me. God, we have fun, don't we? And naturally, she said, now, you know, you're going to have to shave the other side. I said, that was the plan. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk to you today um, about um, our battle in standing. Uh, you know, we sing songs like, it's, the battle is the Lord's, but he, he uses us in the battle to win it. It's not our strength, it's all his. And um, I want you to go to First Peter, but the name of my message today is um, From the Baby Bottle to the Warrior's Battle. Um, a subtitle would be Your Condition Determines Your Position. 
Subtitle number three, or subtitle number two, would be a song by Kenny Rogers in 1967. Yeah, I was here during those years. <laughs> I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. That song was about the warning of doing drugs, you know, just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. So today we're going to see what condition we're in. Are we conditioned? Do we have, are we battle ready? Are we ready to do what God wants us to do? So let's look at first Peter chapter one, uh, verse 22, seeing that you have purified your souls by obeying the truth through the spirit. That's a very powerful statement. If you want to purify your soul, you have to obey the truth that you know. Your mind, will, and emotions is your soul. If you want to purify your soul, you have to obey the truth by the Spirit of God that you know. Unto sincere love of the Spirit, of the brethren, I'm sorry, for the, of, the, of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Then it says this, being born again, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. See, you're born of the Spirit to be born again. You're already born from your mother. Uh, so that's the reason you're here. But to be born again, you have to be born by the Spirit of God. And when you're born again by the Spirit of God, this word says it's your spirit that's being born again. You have a new, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. Where? My body didn't change. No, my spirit. Matter of fact, we are dead in our spirit until we are born again. So when you have Christ in your life, when you have that moment where you surrender your life and say yes to Christ, you become alive in your spirit. That's the only way you can be alive in your spirit. And you're born again of an incorruptible seed. Now, what does that mean? That means it cannot be corrupted. That means your spirit cannot be corrupted. Your spirit cannot ever be corrupted. That deserves a hallelujah. It does, your spirit, now, your soul is still in need of change. But your spirit has already changed. It has become brand new. Born again of an incorruptible seed, which... You will never be corrupted. Your spirit will never be corrupted. And it's eternal. I, you know, we, get, we get a lot of confusion of saying, okay, I'm born again, but, but you know, I don't, I don't feel it. Well, it's not by your feelings anyway. You know, you can, think, you can think that way. You can feel that way, but it doesn't mean that you're not born again. Now, if you've really surrendered your life and you're born again, it's in your spirit. And it's incorrupt. It cannot be corrupted. Neither can your spirit sin. It can't be corrupted. You know, and that's where the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. And he, he and darkness cannot dwell with him in your spirit. I know this is elementary. I mean, it, it really is it's elementary. But most people, or a lot of people, a lot of Christians have not settled that question. 
that not settled the question that they've been born again with an incorruptible seed and their spirit cannot be corrupted ever. Your eternal, you started your eternal life the moment he came in. Your eternal life is not starting when you go to heaven. It started when he came in. Give him praise for that. that. That's his work, not ours. That's his work, not ours. But it's incorruptible by the word of God, uh, which lives and abides forever. Therefore, put aside all malice and guile, which is deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. He said, okay, okay, you, you have this, you have the Holy Spirit in you, born again of an incorruptible seed. So put away this stuff. Stop doing this stuff. Just put away with this stuff about uh, the uh, malice, guile, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Then he says this in verse 2. Listen, listen very closely. Like newborn babes. When we are born again, we are newborn babes. Babies. Baby Christians. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. Long for, desire the milk of the word, the sincere milk of the word. Have a desire for that. That's a natural thing for new babies. So if, if we have a desire for the milk of God's word to be taught and, and, and take that in, it's Bible says here that so that so that you may grow in respect to your salvation. So your growing starts out with milk. It starts out with the, the ABCs of Christianity. Y'all with me? The, AB, the, the small things, when you want to teach your children, you don't start teaching them philosophy when they're born. You just don't do that. You, you, you teach them the little things. You teach them the things that they need to understand at that age. They need to know at that age. They're infants. That's the way we were. Hopefully we're. Hope we're not still there. But that's the way we were when we were born again. Like babes. Desiring the sincere milk. Desiring the milk of the word. The things that's easy to swallow. The things that are easy to take in. And then he goes on. He says, um, <clears throat> if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord... And that means if your appetite has been ex excited for more of the deeper taste of the Lord. In other words, if you have been at, you, after you take in the milk, you, you'll be excited about eating more of what the Lord has for you. Is that, a, is that true? Is that true in your life? It's been true in mine. It's been true in mine. You know, so he, he says, so he says, at his coming... And, no, not, and, and, and coming to him, said, at, uh, coming to him, we're coming to him as the living stone. He is the cornerstone. He is the living stone. Rejected by men, by choice, and precious in the sight of God. You also, turn to your neighbor and say, you also. You also. As living stones. He is the living stone. He said, then once you have tasted more of the Lord and you, you have this appetite that is, that is growing far more of him, far more of knowing about him, 
He said, you'll be growing and you'll become, you're becoming a living stone. So we are living stones as we grow. So notice the transition. The transition is, as newborn babes, you desire the milk. Then we should transition somewhere in our life, we should transition to living stones. And what about the living stones? What does the Bible say about the living stones? Well, let's look and see. It says, says, as a living stone, you also are living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. You are being built up. So, as babies, we're being nourished on the smallest of things so we can grow thereby concerning our salvation. We grow into our salvation. It's already, we already have it, but we begin to grow into it. See, that's the beginning stages of our Christian life. But the Lord expects us to move from that baby stage into the stage of becoming a living stone, part of who he is. And he says that's because we need to be built up as a spiritual house. So we are all... If we've matured some, if we've got off the bottle, if we've gotten off the pacifier, <laughs> see, it, it, it's not right for my son's 52, 51, 51, I had him, I must have had him when we was 10 or something. <laughs> No, he's 50. Now, it would be terrible if my 51-year-old 50, son wanted a bottle. That's, that's Abby normal. <laughs> so it's something, and it's really abnormal for Christians after they've been born again for, you know, a couple of years that they, they're still craving the bottle. I want, I want the things that are easy to swallow. I don't want the difficult things that I have to practice doing. I just want the little stuff. I, just give me the stuff that I can just, yeah, I take that in. Just, in other words, you get another salvation. You already say, but you get another salvation message. And then you get another salvation message. And then you get another salvation message. See, that's, that's hanging around on the bottle, staying a babe, Instead of becoming a living stone. A stone that is alive. That is being used by the hands of God. To build a spiritual house. A spiritual house. What is a spiritual house? A spiritual house is. When you look it up. Spiritual house is when. The spirit. Is Lord. Let me say that again. It's, it's a house that's been built spiritually where the Spirit of God is Lord of. Now what does that mean? That means we're not babies anymore. We're living stone, alive. We're living stones that the Lord is using to build a spirit. We're being, we are being built up and we become 
part of the structure of the spiritual house that he wants to grow up so we can stand against anything that the devil throws at us. Y'all, y'all, y'all with me? So, so we know that he's building us to a building us up to a spiritual house, not just a not a physical house, but a spiritual house where we are fitted. We're fitted in by his pleasure. Puts us in the right place that we're supposed to be, the right angle we're supposed to be, the right people that we're supposed to be with. Are you here? But see. We fit in because we're part of that family. We're part of that building, that building that spiritual house. We become part of that very fabric, and that's who we are. Now, um, we, ha- we have to see it in a way that, that he's doing the building. Matter of fact, this, this word that says uh, built up, that's the same word that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. It says, upon this rock... Peter's already declared that he's, uh, Jesus is whom? Who do, he say, who, who do men say that I am? And then he said, who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was, for, that was coming from Peter. And he said, you're a blessed man, Peter. Because, listen to this, because man, flesh and blood, man did not tell you that. He said, my Father in heaven told you that. That was a revelation to Peter. The Father just reveals to Peter who Jesus really is. And then he proclaims it to be so. And in the process, Jesus says, upon this rock, he calls him a little rock, but he said, he's not talking about Peter, he's talking about the very revelation that God told him. Upon this, I will build, same word as being built up, I will, I, I, Jesus, I will build my church and the forces of hell. The forces of hell will not prevail against it or be overpowered by it. This spiritual, amen, this spiritual house that he says I'm building, but see, he said, you've you've got to convert from or go from a baby a baby Christian just wanting the easy things to desiring the truth and loving the truth so your life can be in a practice session of doing the truth. So being built up in a spiritual house, and then he said, Jesus says, I'll build my church, I will build my church, and the forces of hell, Hades will not prevail against it nor overpower it. He, then he goes on and says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Of heaven, I'll give you the keys, uh, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And listen to this: and whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. Then he says, and whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. What does that mean? You're not in control of the binding. You have to be in uh, in agreement with what's bound in heaven. You have to be in agreement. We have to be in agreement with what is loose in heaven. God doesn't listen to your your binding or your loosening and say, okay, I'll do that. No, it's already bound. It's already loose or already bound in heaven. And we're in agreement to what heaven's already saying. And he says, you can agree with that and do that on earth. That's when heaven 
comes to earth. That's when the kingdom comes to earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will. It's, it's not thy kingdom come and we can just do what we want to do. No. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth. As it is in heaven. It's already, whatever's in heaven that's already established, you can agree with and bring it to earth. Okay. Now, I like those kind of keys. How about you? you know, so so you, can, you can walk in life as a living stone, and as you're, as you're walking, you can know, as long as you know what's bound and what's loosed in heaven, you can do the same thing here. Why is that? Jesus says, I give them to you. I, I, I give them to you. People say, well, Peter got them. No, we all got them. <laughs> Peter just didn't get them. We got them. So, but see, he's not going to give that to babies. Here, here, here. You don't tell, the, don't tell these little babies here, here's the keys to the car, go drive around and pick me and your mama up. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 do, don't do that. They're in a stroller and they're going to cry to you, move them. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so as we're babes, if we stay babes in, in, in our walk with God, if we just stay babies and just... Just always, the, I, want, I want the easy things. Give me the easy stuff. I don't want the hard stuff. See, that, that's, a, that's a baby that wants to stay a baby. Don't shout me down, please. I mean, I don't. <laughs> but see, over in 1 Corinthians, it says this. Paul, uh, Paul says this. Brethren, I could, I could, I could. Could not speak to you as spiritual men. As to men, but as to men of flesh. As babes in Christ. That's how I'm having to talk to you. I'm having to talk to you like you're a baby. I'm having to talk to you like you're just a man of flesh and not a spiritual person. As babes in Christ. I give you milk to drink, not solid food. For you are not yet able to receive it. When we stay a baby, we're not able to receive the deeper things of God because we can't handle it. Paul has to work hard at trying to explain it because they're still babies. I give you milk to drink and not solid food, for you're not yet, you're still not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now, you're still not able. Even now, you're not able. For you're still fleshly. What does that mean? It says you're jealous, you have jealousy, you have strife. You're still fleshly. You're still following the fleshly things of God. I mean, of, of, the, of the world and not the sacred things of God, not the deeper things of God. Still fleshly. Then he says some questions. Are you not walking like just mere human beings? Just you're just mere men. You're just mere, just just just, just a mere person. Just an average person. No, we're supernatural people. But as long as we stay infantile, as long as we stay 
babies in Christ will not be able to do the things that are bigger in Christ because we can't do it. So out of the message, I love this, out of this same passage out of the message, it says, as long as you grab for what makes you feel good, well, I put that, that puts it down in plain language. As long as you keep grabbing for what, what makes you feel good, grabbing after things that make you look important, whew, you're, mer- you're, you're merely no different than a baby drinking its bottle. Because you're only content when everything is going your way. The only time you're content is when everything's going your way. Have you ever seen a discontent baby? (laughs) Raise your hand if you have seen a discontent baby. Why? Why? So all they know, I want what I want. They're selfish. I want what I want. And I'm, I'm going to keep crying until I get it. That's a baby. We've got to move from that spiritually. And we've got to grow into a place that we're a living stone. Where we can be placed where God wants us to be placed. And function the way he wants us to function. And that's what we've got to do. It goes on here. Said, "Okay, you're you're only content when you get everything that your way." Because watch this. Said so one one says, "I'm on Paul's side. I'm of Paul." And the other one said, "Not. Nah, well, I'm of Apollos." Well, no. I, listen, I like John better when he preaches. No. I, well, I like I like Pastor Terry better when he preaches. I like Eric when he teaches. I like, I, like Mike, I like Mike better when he teaches. And he said, are you, not, are you not babies in doing that? Why? Because we're all one being led of the Spirit of God to give you what you need at that very moment. Let's yeah. see, this is, this, this, we, we don't have competition here. John did a, Pastor John did a great job last week. How many of you know that there's a difference in, in, in my style and his style? John's a preacher. John, John's a preacher. John, John, John will get on it every once in a while, never, you know, and you better watch it. <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> Why? It's in him. That's who he is. It's who, really, that's who it is. You know? I stand up here and I stand up here and I'm a teacher. That's my gifting. I pastor, but I'm a teacher. But I I can be up here digging deep and sharing things that I've learned so you can know. And I, you know, and then every once in a while I'll go through several minutes and I hear crickets out here. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, you know, really, really, you know, I don't really hear cr- crickets. I really don't. No, I don't. I let me straighten. But everybody's quiet. And I've said, I've told Brenda before. I said, Brenda, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. She said, Listen, you're gonna have to get over this. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, you know, because 
Sometimes I'll struggle with it, but, but, but she, you, you're going to have to get over this. <laughs> teachers teach, and when teachers teach, people are listening. When preachers preach, people get involved in what he's preaching. I looked at her and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but see, <clears throat> but see, but, but, but God is in the midst of my life and the midst of your life, bringing us out of this thing and hope we're, hope we're long past this baby stage. But if we're not, Today's the day. We got to move on. We got to break the bottle. <laughs> we got to do away with the bottle. We got we got to do away with this hunger that we have for the these easy things of God. Just give me the easy things of God. And I said, No, He's not going to do that. He's going to give you everything from God, and He wants us to be able to participate in everything that He gives us. Because the Bible tells us that we are to. Practice the truth. If you have the truth, you should practice that truth. How many of you are still practicing truth? Yeah, we all are. So we hear another truth about it. We hear something else, and, and God wants us to see it, and God wants us to be built up by it and practice doing it. Then he says, okay, we're a holy priesthood. He said, a, a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. This holy priesthood means you have direct access to God. You don't have to go through anybody to get to God. Because Jesus has already paved that way. So he's already made the, the pathway to get to God through him. You don't have to go through man. to get. So this priesthood has direct access to God. It, means to, it also means to be able to stand before God. That is powerful. That is so powerful that we'll be able to stand. Why? Because you, you're, you're, uh, babies can't do that. But living stones can. Living stones can. It's also a place where God manifests himself through you. See, that is who we are. We're of the royal priesthood. Meaning what? No matter where I am, it's not just on Sunday mornings. No matter where I am, I'm part of a royal priesthood. And that's the place where the Lord manifests himself through. So what does that mean? So if we're out getting gas, guess what? Christ should still be able to manifest himself through us. Even when you look at the pump and you see how much it is, Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, or, or do you? <laughs> Y'all know, yeah, I do. Yeah. But see, we're, 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 we're pre if we've been built up in a spiritual house, we have a royal priesthood. That's who we are, no matter where we go. And y'all have heard me say this before. Change, change, change checkout lines. And you'll see how much slower that other one can be. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Be real with me. Be real. With me. 
and all of a sudden you think, you think I'm, never, I'm late already. I got to get out of here. And you're still standing in the same two foot, two foot square that you've been in for about three or four minutes. And you see that one's already gone. The next one's already gone. And then you see. All right, now. And the person at the checkout says, this one doesn't have a price. I need a price check on something, something, something. And you know then, too late. Two more people's already in this line that you just left. What, what's God up to? God is up to getting us to practice patience. To be able to practice the truth that no matter where we are, be patient. Just depend on God. He'll be, he, he, he's got this, right? Me and you don't. That's where we constantly have to surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told y'all, I told you, been years and years ago. Told y'all, I got, I, I was at this red light, and I, and I went over there, and, and I pulled out right, right here, and all of a sudden, blue lights, all over the place. So I'm like, who is he after? <laughs> I just pulled out of this red light over here, and then I don't know who he's after, but I'm pulling in here to church. I pulled into the church, and blue lights follow me. And I'm saying, uh-oh. So I drive way on over so people can't see my truck from the, from the <laughs> I drive way on over here to try to say, you know, maybe. <laughs> but, but nah, you know, I got people. I get out of my car. He said, you're not wearing your seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so he did. So. I get out, and I'm talking to him, and look, whoever it was, some of y'all, ride by, hey, pastor, <laughs> and I'm waving, saying, howdy, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, and so, so I'm at this place where, you know, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, now. so me and, me and him talk, he said, you, you're from South Carolina? I said, yeah, and you, uh, and you, you come up here, he, he, I said, yeah, I'm the pastor here. He said, well, that's good. <laughs> he said, do you make it a habit not wearing your seatbelt? I said, no, I, I wear it 99% of the time. This is, one, this is the one time I don't wear it, so it's like, okay. So anyway, so he said, my wife works in North Carolina. Oh, she works in South Carolina. I said, oh, okay, that's good. Then he starts talking to me about this building and all this kind of stuff, and I said, we should have done this before you wrote that ticket. <laughs> I said, now he wants to get friendly. You know, I said, I said, I said, you want to reconsider this? He said, no, it's already done. <laughs> you know, but I'm, I, we did talk. But see, what is God after? <laughs> Brenda said, I said, what? <laughs> I asked her, I said, what do you think God's after? He's after you wearing your seat, but obey the law. <laughs> obey the law. <laughs> so, so I have, those, I have those baby moments that I want to pitch fits. <laughs> nah, I'm a living stone. I can take the consequences, and then I can learn, well, I don't need to do that anymore. I'm sorry? Did somebody say something? No, okay. I, I, 
I thought somebody was making fun of me. I was going to take it in. <laughs> but anyway, listen to this because I'm, I'm going to have to close. Listen to this. He says, you be able, this priesthood will be able to stand before God. This priest, priesthood will be able to access God in a hurry. But you just can't, you just can't start yanking on God. See, I'm in the truck said, God, don't let him give me a ticket. God, don't let him give me a ticket. Lord, have mercy on me. Don't let him give me a ticket. I can hear God in heaven. <laughs> God, God sits in the heavens and laughs. I mean, he, he really does. Why? Is, you think I'm going to let you out of this? Now, I didn't hear that, but, you know, that's what I felt when I got the ticket. And the ticket, and I said, oh, it's only $25, and it turned out to be $265. And I'm saying, I looked at him and I said, officer, I thought these were 20, I thought seatbelt was 25. He said, it is. I said, well, I got too many digits on this. And he said, no, the court gets 240. I said, I don't even see them here. I don't, I don't, I don't even see them here and they get $240. See, you know what that is? That's that baby. I had to grow through it. Content only when you get your way. Hmm. But see, Jeremiah says this. He said, because when you stand before God, he says, Jeremiah 15, if you return to me, I'll restore you. Before me, you shall stand. Before me, you shall stand. And then he says, if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. You'll be able to be my spokesman if you're able to stand before me and then as you're living your life, you can extract the precious, the holy, from the worthless, from the profane. And the Bible says in Ezekiel 44, he says, my people must be taught the difference between the holy and the profane. What is the profane? Empty, worthless, no eternal value from that that is holy. It's also anything that man is doing that God didn't initiate. Think about it. Anything that man's doing that God didn't initiate. I, I remember, I, I remember uh, Bob Jones telling us a story one time about his life. And, and uh, he said, I was there, and it was in Florida. He was speaking and, and everything. And, and um, He spoke to people on the way out, and he said, and there's a man over there with dreadlocks and wearing a big coat and, and everything, and he nodded his head and, and spoke to him and went on, and, and he got in the hotel, and he said, Lord, I, I, didn't, I didn't sense your presence today. I, di I, didn't, I didn't sense your presence And he said, the Lord told him, he said, I was the man in the dreadlocks that all you had for was a nod. That's all you had for me was just a nod. 
And I think about those things. And sometimes I realize we need to slow our pace down sometimes. God may be wanting us to speak to somebody that needs that touch. And if we're not alert, and if we're not grown enough to be able to recognize, because he said, when you're able to teach them the difference between, between the holy and the profane, it will give them discernment. So when you know, if you, when you can dif- differentiate between the, the, the holy and what's, what's worthless, then your discernment, the people's discernment, will begin to grow. But you have to be taught that. And God gives that discernment. And when we're able to do that, then we're able to walk in this world not as babes. If there's a day that we need discernment, it is truly today. We have so many things that's being called good that is evil. So many things that it's called evil that is actually good. You learn that through discernment. But a babe won't see it. So my my suggestion to all of us is if we have any, I do think, you know, you know, the Bible said that Jesus stands at the door over in Revelation, he stands at the door and knocks. And if any man hear his voice and opens the door, he will come in and have communion in that area. See, he's not talking to lost people. He's talking to the church. So I think, I think, there's, I think there's areas in our lives that we have our own personal baby room. And he knocks on that baby room and says, Terry, you're 73 years old. What are you doing in that baby room? You understand what I'm saying? What are you doing in there? I'm having a fit. <laughs> we don't say that, but that's what, what is he after? He's after everything that is not under his lordship. He's after, that's the reason he knocks on the hearts of our, the doors of our heart, the compartments that, that we don't fully let him be Lord. See, the Bible, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Actually, the better translation of that, where the Spirit is Lord. Where the Spirit is Lord, there's freedom. There's liberty. So every, every area that he's not Lord, that's the doors that he's knocking on. Because that's the doors we need to give up this, this infantile stage of thinking and begin to start. Step, just don't worry about the milk. Get on the meat. See, when you eat meat, you're going to have to chew a little bit. So when Pastor, when the pastor, Pastor John gets up here and says something, you may have to chew on it a little bit. When I say, you're going to have to chew on it a little bit. Why? Because that's where the flavor starts breaking out. And when the flavor starts breaking out, all this hard work that you're thinking you're doing with your teeth, you know, all this hard work says, man, that's good. I'm going to me another. Give me another piece. Give me another. And all of a sudden, you develop this, this appetite for the Strong meat of the word. And then we come bigger in life, living stones. Okay. And um, speak.
spiritual houses placed by God. Let God use you. Ask him for more. Teach you. Say, I need a teacher. I need, I need you to teach me. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Yeah. And what's the guy? Let's see. No, I won't move on. So, stand to your feet. What do, what, do, what do you think God's asking of us today? Wherever those areas where we're grabbing onto something that it feels good to us, but that's all we want. No, we, we want things, we want him to touch our lives when he actually steps on our feet to, to steps on our toes in a certain degree. And see, but he doesn't, he doesn't convict the believers of sin. He convicts the world of sin. So we're in John. He convicts the world of sin, but he convicts the believer of righteousness. So when we're doing something that is not, not good and we're not supposed to do it, he won't convict you of sin. He'll convict you of your righteousness. That is not the righteous way to respond to that. Here's the righteous way. Why? He's already judged your sin. <laughs> so he, he's calling on your righteousness. The righteousness that Christ put in you. He's calling on that to start working out of you. Okay. Amen. Um, so, let's throw that bottle away. <laughs> and let's grow in the meat that has been given. And let's practice the truth. If if Pastor Charlie and them didn't practice up here, what would happen, Pastor? Train wreck. <laughs> At least he's honest. It's going to be a train wreck. No, but see, they practice, they practice, they practice doing the notes. We practice the truth. That's what the Bible says for us to do, practice the truth, which means it's a little bit harder for us to get it in us, but we'll be, we'll be there. God wants a church that will be able to stand up against all hell when it comes out. Unafraid, knowing that God is our defender and God is our protector. And he has built us battle ready because he does the fighting. We just have to show up. We can't run. We can't run away from it. We can't be little we can't be little toddlers and little babies. We've got to grow up into spiritual men. That's the reason he starts out saying, we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy, Papa. See, when we're little, it's, it's Daddy, Dad. Scott does not call me Daddy. He called me Dad, you know. But, but if it, you understand? Abba, Father, Daddy, but we grow up to call him Father. Are you ready to grow up? I'm not, I'm not saying you're immature. I'm not, but I know none of us here are perfect. So are you ready to pursue more of him? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the moments that you've given us today.
Thank you for the richness of your word. And thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. And we ask you now that, that this, this word will go deep in us and we will practice what we just heard and we will become the people, the living stones that you can use to build the spiritual house that can prevail over and overpower what the enemy's doing. And we ask you to do that in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you do not know him, I want you to lift your hand and I want to pray for you. You do not know him. Okay. Everybody, everybody knows him. All right. Well, let's see. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> Amen. You're God, you're, you're, you can leave. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope today's worship and study of God's word was encouraging to you. If we can help you in any way, please reach out to us by going to fathersvineyard.org. That's fathersvineyard.org. Thank you again, and we hope we can see and hear from you soon. Until next time.